Welcome to the Geeky Monkey Podcast. I am Paul Gannon and with me is Damien St. John, a.k.a. Mr. Sausage. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into the backstory of why you brought that up. I like sausages. I, I, I think it's an innocent nickname to give somebody. Yes, it is. It's been tainted by, you know... Because my nickname is Captain Wizard Sleeve and that means nothing. Anyway, <laughs> um, we don't have anything to do this episode. We're not wanted. Why not? Nick, our editor, um, he uh, has covered this all by himself with an interview. So all we have to do is go home early. I like to think that he's gone, I can do it better than the two of you. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Right. No pressure. No pressure, Nick. Lots of pressure. (laughs) Under pressure. Otherwise, we'll do the next one. Yeah, we might do that. Anyway, Nick, it's all up to you. Take it away. This is the latest Geeky Monkey podcast. And welcome to the Geeky Monkey Podcast. I'm Nick Roberts, the editor of Geeky Monkey. And this month we've got a special Legends of Gaming Live interview podcast where I went along to London to meet with Ali A, the YouTube gaming video star who won Legends of Gaming last year. I'll be chatting with him along with Syndicate and Mantruce too to find out what their strategies are, how they're dealing with their YouTube stardom and, um, and whether they're looking forward to Legends of Gaming Live. Because along with a host of other YouTube gaming celebrities, these guys are battling it out to become the Legends of Gaming Champion 2016 at a live event that will be taking place at Alexandra Palace in London on the 10th and the 11th of September. So if you want to be there, get your tickets at legendsofgaming.co.uk. So first up, I'm talking to Ali A, who has two and a half billion views of his videos on YouTube and is best known for his Call of Duty channel. Yeah, so um, how's your competition going so far? Um, it's tough to tell how I'm doing. I, I won last season, which or I won the prior season technically was next gen, but I won the big season um, where the winner was announced, uh, Ali Pali for Legends of Gaming Live. So I'm, I'm here to try and retain my, my crown as the uh, Legends of Gaming legend, I guess. But it's going well, going well. I've been t- filming a lot of 2v2s against some of the other legends, individual challenges. And I'm towards the top of the pack, but I don't know how I'm going to end up. So, yeah. Have you got any secret strategy that you're using? Um, Bearing in mind this will be out long after this is all over. Yeah, okay then. Okay, I don't know. I still don't know who's going to win. I still don't know who's going to win. But um, I guess just having fun while also taking it seriously. I don't know. I'm just just here to enjoy myself. um, Play games that often don't get to play because they throw any games at you. So rather just my usual comfort zone of Call of Duty or the, the games that I normally play. It means I'm being um, pushed a little bit to play loads of different games I'd never normally touch and just try and adapt and pick up these games as quickly as possible. And do you get told those ahead of time? or they just No, no. Normally it's like on the day this is what you're playing. Right. Uh, and even if they did tell me in advance, I probably wouldn't have any time to practice anyway, so I'd go yeah. into it blind. Yeah. But it's always cool to try out games that normally I just wouldn't have time or wouldn't even think about checking out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, you, so you won last year. Um, what has your year been like as the champion? So, just my life in general over the yeah. past year. If someone said to me, what did you do last month? I literally forget. I'm always thinking ahead and I always forget what I've done. I'd say in the last year, I have gone to New York for Comic-Con, flown to Iceland um, to... It wasn't really to see the Aurora properly. It was for an LG event to check out their new perfect black TVs. I've gone to 
Spain for weddings, for personal stuff. I think over the last year, my life for the last six years since doing YouTube has been work, work, work. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's amazing. But over the last year, I've learned to branch out a little bit and do things for myself and do things that are more like personable as well. Yeah. Um, go on a holiday for once. And I, I mean, obviously, as a YouTuber, you, you're living the dream job, right? But I'd never, I would never go on a holiday just for the sake of going on a holiday. So I've tried to sort of branch out a little bit um, and just enjoy myself. But then also, I've, I've got a second channel as well. So my life hasn't just been focused around a single game, Call of Duty. I've been playing Pokemon Go tons, and that's blown up. I've been playing just different games to mix it up a little bit from the work side as well. So the last year's has been mad. I don't know how to describe it. It's been so much going on, to be honest. Yeah. So um, since you became a YouTube sensation, what's the craziest thing that's happened? Oh, I don't know. These questions. I should have a list that I write down so I can, like, this happened and that happened. Um, I don't know. I guess it's been, I've been doing it for six, seven years now. It's just been a, a continual progress. So it's never been a big jump, really, in terms of crazy things happening. So um, things just build upon themselves. But um, crazy thing, I've got to do skydiving in Corsica, which has been such an amazing experience, like being able to do things that I just never thought I'd be able to do. I think one of the things that still strikes me to this day is how many people recognize me if I go out and about. We're filming here in London. And going out into one of the parks nearby to play Pokemon Go, I literally can't walk five meters without someone stopping me for a picture. So it's crazy how how recognizable I've become. Like I don't think about it a lot. It's something that I don't really care about, but it is a thing that exists. And it's just it's really cool to bump into people that know who I am and enjoy my videos. And um, starting from just recording stuff in my bedroom to being to a point now where I can't walk around London without someone knowing who I am. It's pretty crazy to see how far it's come. But you still just record them in your bedroom? Well, it's now an office room in, in a house I've moved into. I've been, I was living in my parents' house, recording all my videos in my bedroom, sleeping in my bedroom, never left my bedroom really. And then we're, we're now living with my girlfriend in a house and I've got a proper like gaming slash recording room, a huge room, loads of shelves with toys and gaming stuff on them and like four massive monitors set up like a workstation. Um, so it's more a little bit more professional now, a little bit more streamlined as well. Um, but yeah, still a lot of work and still daily content and working at it every single day. Yeah. That hasn't changed. Did you ever dream you could make a living out of video video games? When I started off making um, YouTube videos, like the idea of making money was always a goal. But I, I, I mean, I've been around since the beginning where people, the biggest gaming channel on YouTube had like 5,000 subscribers and you physically couldn't get a partnership as a gaming channel because of the whole publishers owning technically the rights to that video, that video game and that content. It's only because publishers have realized that this is free advertising for their game that they've laxed on that and allowed us to earn money from it. So that's been a progressional thing since the beginning. Um, but I remember when I, when I was in school and doing it, there were friends that supported me, but then at the same time, back then, the idea of putting yourself out on the internet and talking about games and playing games online, obviously there were people that like teased me at school, and it was just jokey, but like it still gets to you, you know what I mean? Like, should I be doing this? Is it a bit stupid? And I remember watching a YouTuber saying that he started off, you know, not sure whether he should do it, and he managed to get his first contract, which allowed him to earn a little bit of money. And I was like, if I can turn around and be like, I'm earning money from this, I've made it. And that was six years ago, and then it's turned to a point where I was making a little bit of money on the side to it being my full-time job, having like a lineup of sponsors as well, and um, yeah, just doing it every single day and being, not having to worry about the money that's coming in because I'm in a good position, so it's crazy. What's your family think about it? So, this is, this is a funny story. Ever since 
since the beginning of people asking me this question, I've been like, oh, my parents really supported me. It's fine. Like, they, they were always like, go for it. But we were talking about this the other day, um, my parents and I. And I, in my mind, when I told them that I was going to do YouTube full time and not go to university, they were like, okay, that's great. We support you. It's a year to try things out, see how it goes. And if, I, if it doesn't go well in that year, I've always got the university op option to go down. Um, but it turns out that actually my dad was really upset. He's like, you have to go to university. Like, that is the, that's the route, that's the plan, that's what everyone does. And like, he was really like upset by it. And my mom and dad, I don't remember this at all because we were at a restaurant when I told them. And my mom and dad had to go off and like talk to each other. And my mom had to calm him down. And I think I must have been sitting there eating my pudding just thinking everything was fine. So I think at first they, they were definitely shocked by it, but they've seen how far it's come. And it's, it's a quick, pretty crazy progression. Um, and I think my dad checks on my YouTube stats and my YouTube stuff more than I do. Sometimes he'll text me. He's like, oh, this video's now got over 2 million views. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that, to be honest. So they both really support it. Um, my mum's been playing a lot of Pokemon Go recently. So she and I have been talking about that loads. My dad's always checking in on my channel. So they definitely support me. And uh, although it was a weird thing to do five, six years ago, it's come so far. I think they realize now it's a good decision and it's worked out well. Excellent. So what are one of the most popular videos you make? Um, so I run two YouTube channels. One is 99% Call of Duty. So that game's been so big for so long. Um, and it's, st it's still a really big game. So most of that content on that channel will be me playing that game live, doing really well, or giving players information about that game that's coming out in the future so that they uh, know the latest information first from me. Um, and predominantly, that's what I did for a long time. And I was like, you know what? I've been making this kind of content for so long, I need to creatively try something new. So I made a second channel, started playing a load of Minecraft, Mario Kart. I'm a huge Nintendo fanboy. So this opened up an option for me to make content around games that I love that wouldn't necessarily fit the audience I'd made on my Call of Duty channel. Mm -hmm. um, and that's then recently branched out to Pokemon Go as well, where I, I put out videos when the app first came out, and they just they blew up to a point where arguably you could say I'm the biggest Pokemon Go channel in the world. Like every video is getting like two, three, four million views every day. So it's cool to, my, only recently the past few weeks is my focus shifted from Call of Duty to this new game, but it's cool to know that just because I'm playing a specific game so much, it doesn't mean I'm going to be tied down to it. If another game pops up that I love, I can still transition to it and my audience will still be open to it. So at the moment, it's just a mixture of Call of Duty and it will be a Call of Duty focused uh, for my work for a long time and then Pokemon Go at the moment as well. I guess your followers are now following you as the brand. Yeah, yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've. At first, I never based my channel around me. It was always based around the games. I was like, why would anyone be interested in me? It doesn't make any sense. But the more and more you put out there, I guess people just learn. Just people just start to grow to like you, which is awesome. And as you said, I've managed to build an audience that doesn't just care about specifically the game. It's just it's what I'm doing as well, which is really cool. Um, and it has grown into that. So it's nice to know that people support me. It doesn't, like, doesn't, doesn't matter what I'm playing. They're just interested in what I'm doing, which is really cool. Cool. Congratulations on your Guinness World Records, by the way. Yes, That's thank really you. <laughs> How on earth do you celebrate when you got you topped a billion views? Yeah. Um, I don't, there's certain milestones, which I, I like. For a YouTuber, you know there are crazy milestones. So one of them is, of course, a million subscribers. I've done that on both my channels. The next step for, my, for subscribers would be 10 million on my main channel because then you get a diamond plaque and that's the biggest reward YouTube can give you. The next, of course, is a billion views. So like, and now it's topped over 2 billion views. So like, that's just crazy, crazy numbers. Um, and, then, and then there's smaller milestones where you look at like all your analytics you look at in a monthly basis. So I always wanted to hit 100 million views in a single month. 
And with the release of Pokemon Go, I think I'm going to do that. So that's ticked off the list. And then I gained a million subscribers in one month as well over on my second channel. So I don't really know what, apart from that 10 million subscriber milestone, I've smashed all these crazy numbers. It just blows my mind. Um, I don't really do anything special for it. Like it means a lot to me and I'm glad I've hit that. But I don't really like go out and party or anything. I'm just like, you know what? I've hit that target. That's awesome. What can I look, look to do next? So the numbers are great. And it's always nice for, to hear people congratulating you. But I don't really do much for it. Maybe I should do more. <laughs> do you ever consider the power that you have? If you've got 11 million players yeah. listening to what you say? Um, I think, I never think like, how can I use this? Or how can I influence people I do think like I got to be careful as to what I say and how I put things across mm. because I need to realize that if I said something wrong or if I do something wrong it's sent out to millions of people and it's going to affect a lot of people so the last thing I want to do is make say something stupid that makes someone go and do something stupid like I'm always positive I'm always trying to be upbeat happy to, inf to try and get out across to all my people that are watching if I can be happy and make someone else happy then I'm doing a good job right so my, my um, I don't really think about the power I just try and think like positivity and just try and make things as happy as possible have you ever thought about how crazy it would be if all your subscribers were together <laughs> in one venue yeah I don't even know how like I've done live streams before where I've had like 50, 60, 70,000 people watching. So if you think about that in real terms, like, I don't know, I don't know how people can fit in a, a football stadium, but I guess it would be something like a football stadium. And, like, when I'm sat there in front of my computer screen, it's just a number, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, that many people are watching. But if you think about that in real terms, it's, it is very crazy. Um, so I don't know, like, there's infathomable numbers. Like, they're too, too much, too big, and I try not to think about it for too long, otherwise I'd just be like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> So to finish off, then, what's the craziest Pokemon Go story that you've heard so far? Um, what is the craziest Pokemon Go story I've heard so far? Um, I don't know. What I do know is that in big towns and cities like New York, for example, um, the way the spawning system works is that the rare Pokemon will spawn randomly in an area. So you don't know it's going to come. It's not the same area every time. But when it does come, everyone can get it, but it will only be around for like 10 minutes and it's gone. It's going to move on. So in New York, I've seen pictures and I've seen videos of a rare Pokemon spawning, say, somewhere in Central Park. Someone shouting out that it's there and hundreds and hundreds of people running to that position. I mean, roads are stopped, taxis are not moving, people are sprinting over cars. Like, people go nuts for it. And I've seen a picture in Australia where a Blastoise, which is a rare Pokemon, spawned out into the sea a little bit. To a point where you have you have to like get in the water. Literally, so there's someone taking a picture of hundreds of people wading out into the water to get this creature, and it is crazy. It is crazy. I've I've gone on like two, three, four a.m. drives to catch Pokemon. Like uh, like people have taken it to the extreme. It's gotten people out, which is great, right? But it also causes manic hysteria when when rare Pokemon spawn in. Thank you very much. So next up, I met Syndicate, who is the most followed player on Twitch TV with over 2 million followers. And he's also got his own clothing line called Syndicate Original. Um, he has 10 million subscribers on YouTube and 1.9 billion views. So how's the competition going for you? Uh, so far, so good. Really enjoying it. I've now been involved in, I think, nearly five seasons of uh, Legends of Gaming. And every single one I've usually come last. But this one, I can't say much, but the tables have turned. I'm actually playing games that I'm kind of good at and actually putting in the effort to want to win rather than mess about. So the audience can expect something different this year. Cool. You've got a bit of a training regime going on? Yeah, like literally lost the game today, even though I just said I was doing well. Lost the game today because 
went in and they didn't tell me how to play the game and I was scoring in the opponent's goal the entire time and they just let me do it. They were, I was like, why are you guys, why is this so easy? And they were like, yeah, we should probably let you know that you're, you're losing right now. I was like, oh, dang it. So, more fool me, really. Did you ever think that you could rise to the fame you have through playing video games? Um, no, not like this to the extent it's got to. I always, my dream was always to get a, a job at Machinima, the company that, like, I was partnered with for the, like the first starting of my YouTube and stuff like that. Mm. People like Hutch and Sinan as they got offered like full-time salary jobs to play video games and make video content for them. And I was like, that is exactly what I do for a living. Like that was like my literally aspiration as a job to do. I just didn't know if I could quite achieve it. And then before you knew it, like two, like two years after Hutch got his first job, I was like earning revenue from it and managed to turn it into a full-time job. Been doing it for six years. Excellent. What does your family think about it? Uh, at first, they were like, this is so weird. My son's sat in his bedroom talking to a webcam, which apparently people then watch over the internet. doesn't sound exactly the safest procedure ever, but um, you know, over time, they like, realized what it was, the, the impact of when fans would come up and say hello, it like, opened their eyes like, okay, this is actually a thing. People do watch them. Um, and then it's like, you know, it hits even home like when I do like, make a wish and stuff like that for people like, oh my gosh, this really does have a, just an impact on people's lives, regardless of it. I'm just mumbling for 20 minutes on a video you know, people like latch onto it sort of thing. So yeah, they've, they, they've all embraced it now. I've got family who work for the clothing line of my, like my brand sort of thing. And my, yeah, my, my dad's built my house over the past six years of, from what I have like gathered from YouTube sort of thing. So it's been successful. And so what are you finding? What's the most popular type of video? What, how, how, what um, wave have you hit? Definitely for me, it was Call of Duty Zombies. Uh, that's what like put me on the map. That was a game where when I was like 16, all I would play is zombies, play zombies, play zombies. Play zombies. Come back from school. That's all I would play. Like that was that was my life. So I was really really good at it. Like so, the skill gap was really high, and not really anyone posted that content on YouTube. So I was like the one person posting zombies content. That put me on the map. That grew me to play other things like Minecraft and Counter Strike and just anything really. So it really like allowed me to like broaden my horizon. Um, and then it's just you know, like with the Black Ops Three that came out, more zombies came out with that. So people just expect more zombies from me really. Even though I don't post that much now, I post like one video a week on a ten million subscriber channel. And uh, instead, I just go off traveling the world doing daily vlogging because that's what I find entertaining at the moment. Um, and you're, you're number one on Twitch as well, I'm reading. So, um, what is the secret of your success? Well, it's like I, I think it's just where I put my, if I put my passion into something, then I can really, I like, you, you know, like they say, you put your mind to it, you can achieve anything. And I was like, on YouTube, I want to hit a million subscribers, hit a million subscribers. And it was like, I want to get a billion views. I got a billion views. And then it's kind of like, I almost lost my drive for these things because it was like, I need some sort of like motivation to be doing things. So it was like, okay, great. I'm gonna. I just felt like I've been making videos for five years. I want to do it live because I love making live streams and stuff like that. And I wasn't traveling a lot, so I was like, Twitch. I'm gonna be the first person to hit a million on Twitch. I was like gaining like fifty thousand followers a day on Twitch. Hundred like hundred twenty one thousand people watching me concurrent, just playing my, like zombies on Minecraft or something. And then I was like, right, that's sweet. And then I, and then I hit one million the first year. The next year I hit two million, and I'm on two point four million. Like still Twitch's most followed partner. But I stream like maybe once a month now. You would think that I'd get into that position, you do it all the time, but I've kind of hit my target. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the next one? And my next one is just like to travel the world and experience as much as possible vlogging. Yeah. So what's the craziest thing that's happened to you so far through doing this? Um, I think the craziest thing, like, and, I, and it's because of recent events, it's going to have to be the ability to do a Make-A-Wish, which it might sound odd just saying that, like with the, you know, people like me, oh, you, you can travel, you can do this, you can do everything, uh, you know, the freedom of it. But it's just like, you make a video and you know like someone will watch a video and they'll be like, oh, that was funny, oh, that was like, stupid or whatever, but they'll, they'll be engaged with it. But there's people who you know, are really going through tough times, whether they're stuck in a hospital bed or something, and the only form of media they have or entertainment they have also in a really bad spot is YouTube. And you never really think, like when you're making a video, like someone like that's going to be watching it. 
And then through having Make-A-Wish being like, this person has decided that out of anything they can do, they can take to Disney World, Disneyland, anything. Meet any celebrity in the world, they chose to meet me, someone who just rambles to a video camera, you know, for, for a living. And that, that's been like the most humbling and just craziest thing I've ever experienced, really. So. Do you think about the power that your words has with that many followers? Um, yeah, well, in the past, like, you know, it, it goes with a lot of YouTubers, you know, if they had certain sayings or, like, you know, phrases that were kind of a bit, like, taboo sort of thing, but it was just like, oh, it's just YouTube, you know, and we're, we're only young, we're just saying it, like, whatever, however we wanted to say it, um, and it, you didn't think anything of it, but then as, 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 like, it's grown into more of a business, you've got to be, like, PR savvy about, like, saying this could offend someone, or this could offend someone, like, you don't talk about politics on YouTube, you don't talk about religion on YouTube, that's just, like, the go-to facts. There's people who do that and they're very, like, controversial, but there's no point, like, gaining that attention for upsetting, like, you know, a segment of people, really. So, just play it safe. Any tips for wannabe video megastars? Absolutely. Give it a go. A lot of people are like, I really want to be a big YouTuber. Or, you know, I want to be able to be a streamer or something, but they don't even do it. They don't make videos. They've not attempted to make videos. They've not even streamed it. So, it's first of all, get into it. You don't have to go and throw thousands and thousands of dollars into it. I started with a little, like, with now, like, consoles have got built in like streaming to Twitch, built in already, recording like capabilities that upload to YouTube. There's a million and way, different one ways that you can actually go about starting making content. So it's just get into it and then just give it a go and be consistent with it. It's not going to happen overnight. It took me six years and like five different YouTube channels before I came up with the word syndicate and decided that was, that was like my path that I wanted to go for. So it's consistency, just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep a schedule and you know, actually make something people want to watch. If you're going to go and film your sock and throw a dog or something, Who's gonna care? It'll probably go viral. But like, who really? Ca- you know, who who cares though? You know, like if a new relevant game comes out and you really have to get in onto that, like latching onto the momentum of drive and growth. It's say the new college it comes out, make videos on the new college. If you like it, you know, do it. Don't force yourself to play something you don't like just for the views. But like, if you like Call of Duty, that's the way to go. Be <coughs> attached to the most relevant, like relevant topic at the moment. That'll help you grow. You've been sucked into the whole Pokemon Go thing as well. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I, in America, it's absolutely insane. We'd go out at like 2 o'clock in the morning uh, with like a group of like 30 of us to Santa Monica Pier and there'd be easily 2,000 people on the pier just going crazy. I've seen stampedes where someone's pranked being like, oh my gosh, there's a zucchini, whatever, there's a bat over here and everyone just goes legging after this one kid and it's like, oh, it's just a prank, just a prank and, you know, to see what effect it has. We went to a park last night and people have been doing it, you know, people have found dead bodies doing it, people have been shot at doing it, people have been working on, like walking onto land doing it sort of thing, like, it's an insane, I call it an epidemic, because it is an epidemic. And the more updates they bring out, like the battling and the trading, it's just going to make things even crazier. So like, I'm all for it. Level 20, Team Mystic for the, for the win. So finally, I had a sit down with Mantruce, who was first established on YouTube in 2008 and specialises in playing Counter-Strike. I started by asking him whereabouts he was in the competition. Yeah, well, I was in the lead, joint in the lead, um... Up until we did, the, we started doing the doubles yesterday, where me and Spencer got a bit unlucky with the games that we had to play because the people that we were coming up against had played them before, and we actually brought it really tight um, in two of them. And then the third one was called against a Syndicate Mini Lad. Didn't go according to plan, but over. I mean, it's it's been a great experience so far, and we still got two more games to go today. So if we can win them, it's like a nice sort of end to our to our run. Cool, excellent. Did you ever imagine that you'd be making a living out of doing this kind of work? Um, so, I do uh, YouTube and presenting as well, and uh, it's not something that I thought about when I was younger or whatever. Like, the first inklings I had of YouTube was 2006, 2007, when I was in college with my, my friends. 
And we always made the joke that we were going to do it. And I didn't get round to it until the end of 2012, just kind of due to circumstance. Like I was unemployed. I couldn't do the martial arts I was usually doing. And um, uh, it just kind of popped back into my head to try it then. And then I built up until where last year, about a year and two months ago, it became full time. And I started doing the presenting work for um, events and like specifically um, one of the big things is like CS events for me and uh, Counter-Strike stuff. And that was around September last year. And no, it's not like... Obviously, when you start doing it, it's like, oh, I can maybe make this a career one day. But you don't go into it thinking, yeah, this is this is um, how I'm gonna. This is I'm doing this to make money. No, you don't think like that. I think most people agree. Most of the guys and, and girls here will agree that we we all went into it just wanting to make cool videos that people would enjoy. So, what, what games do you enjoy playing just for pleasure? Damn. So I have like a, a really varied taste in games. Uh, currently, there isn't really a game that I'm consistently playing. I just bought Pokemon X because of the hype of Pokemon Go. I'm really enjoying playing that. The last game that I really enjoyed before that was probably Witcher 3 earlier this year. That's when I got it, and it's a fantastic game. I play CS regularly because it's a game that I do on my channel regularly, and I obviously do all the events for it. Um, all events here and there. And so that's a game that's very easy to pick up and play because it's competitive. You play one game, and then you're kind of like done, or you can play community game modes. But in general, just like if there's a good game, pretty much any French, any st style of game, I can play it and, and I can enjoy it. So like I like RPGs, FPS, um, MMOs can be cool. Um, racing can be cool here and there. Puzzle games can be cool, like beat-up games. I, I'm I played a lot of games. I started playing games when I was six or seven, so I've been around playing games for a while, and you you tend to have played a lot. If if it's been like twenty years of playing, something that I I am I'm always appreciative of and always astounded by is when I do like event work and I'm doing presenting events, um and say like I'm presenting a Counter Strike event. The amount of people that I meet that kind of come up to you and say thanks or we, we like we love what you do because that's like I don't think that's something that will ever get old. It's something that I always find um crazy because I think again that was that's something that other creators would agree with because it's it's like. You obviously have um, a base of people that enjoy what you do and, and support what you do, and um, they're fans of your work. But you, you gem generally, you're in your house, you're in your bedroom, and you, it's a very sort of like insular thing that you're doing, and it's very introspective creating content. But then when you go in, into the public and you meet those people that are on the other side of the computer, appreciate what you do, it's kind of like quite a profound and interesting thing, and it's uh, really, really cool. Yeah, sure. Can you imagine what it would be like if you had all your subscribers together in one venue? No, no, not at all. Because I mean, I'm still about like medium-sized channel. I've got just over 400k um, and growing in a good direction. But even that, as a medium-sized YouTube channel, that's like a lot of people. Um, and my regular audience is is like a, a thriving sort of like very um active group. And so thinking about having all those people in one place would be insane. That would be crazy. So a big thank you to the team at Legends of Gaming Live, and of course Ali A Syndicate and Mantruce. Um, don't forget, you can uh, get tickets to go and see Legends of Gaming yourself at www.legendsofgaming.co.uk. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. But most importantly of all, get down to a newsagent. Tesco's, Asda, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, WH Smith's, and buy a copy of Geeky Monkey magazine or subscribe to us at www.geekymonkey.tv because that's the way we know you love us so much. Thank you very much. Next time, hopefully, Paul Gannon will be back with his usual podcast shenanigans. So um, this is Nick Roberts, editor of Geeky Monkey, saying thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.